Hey everybody and welcome to the Health Tech Podcast where we talk about everything healthcare and technology. I'm your host, James Somaru, and this is your weekly Sunday session. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's Sunday session. I am delighted to be joined again by Nada Alagban, founder and CEO of Ampersand Health, who is here to discuss a brand new digital therapeutic that Nada and his team are launching. So welcome Nada, how are you doing? Thanks James, you just couldn't get rid of us. <laughs> I was saying just before, Nadia, you're a popular man. Our previous episode uh, with you on did extremely well. One of our most shared on social media, one of our most listened to after week one. Uh, clearly, a lot of people are keeping tabs on Ampersand Health. Well, I'm pleased to provide a little bit of amusement for everybody. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully, in amongst all of that, people pick up some great things that are happening at our end. Absolutely. One of which is obviously the launch of your brand new digital therapeutic uh, for those people living with inflammatory arthropathies. It's called My Arthritis. And from what I can tell, based on on when we last spoke, it's building on the back of that success that you've seen with with the IBD products that you've got. So do you want to tell me a little bit about what My Arthritis is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose the summary is that myarthritis is a remote monitoring tool for clinicians that also gives patients access to a variety of educational and self-management content courses, in fact, which they can use to improve things like their quality of life, their mental health, their sort of um, perception of and interaction with um, other people, uh, a range of different kind of courses that uh, that kind of make life a little bit easier and, and help people find their way to, to living well. Awesome. So how did you guys go about building this? Because obviously you've seen huge success in, in the IBD space and, and seeing what must be a, a similar app providing so much value for both clinicians and patients. How did you then, I say make the leap, it can't be that far across the corridor to, uh, to arthritis and arthropathies? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, um, I've been collaborating through um, previous work with King's College Hospital for um, almost a decade now, actually. And in fact, we started working with James Galloway in the rheumatology department there in uh, 2014, basically looking at ways in which we could um, develop a patient app that would give him access to kind of objective symptom information from between appointments. And that was obviously um, very much the the same sort of thread that we explored with My IBD Care shortly thereafter with Boo and Gareth. So in a way, even though My IBD Care has come to market a little bit earlier than My Arthritis, My Arthritis has been in the making for, for quite some time. Um, but really, you know, um, exactly as you pointed out, very similar model to the way that we develop My IBD Care, which is to say by partnering up with patients and their clinicians as the end users um of of the platform understanding their needs and making sure that um, this was co-development or co-creation in, in the truest sense and again like uh with my ibd care we partnered up with the national charity for rheumatoid arthritis um nras um fantastic organization who've been really supportive along the way and um who you know have, have provided us with expertise content a range of other um kind of uh, invaluable um, um, sort of support along the way. Seems purpose built in almost its truest sense, because if you think about the people that you're supporting, 
the patients, the clinicians, the organizations has been built in partnership with all of those different people. So I imagine the features that my arthritis has must, uh, well, they must be very closely linked to, uh, to, to providing a heck of a lot of value. Well, you know, I guess where it all started was um, with the kind of um, observation that my clinician colleagues made in clinic that the way that they were delivering care met neither their needs in a sort of resource restricted environment, nor their patients needs in an environment characterized by relapse and remission. So, um, you know, really that remote monitoring objective data piece has been at the heart of, of everything that we've done. And in a way, um, we've picked up the focus on quality of life and mental health as we've gone along in response to observations that patients and, and we have made about how we can make the journey better for people and where there are kind of bottlenecks that need kind of unblocking as it were. So, I mean, yes, it, it was certainly purpose-built as a remote monitoring platform and the sort of therapeutic piece of it, the focus on CBT, acceptance and commitment therapy, behavioral science has come a little bit later and that's what we're sort of launching this week. Awesome. And so practically speaking then, when we think about the way that clinicians are conducting their outpatient clinics and you think about that difficulty between seeing somebody at, at one point and then they just come back in six months and that being that kind of cookie cutter approach for absolutely everybody it's that bit in between isn't it that's all that's needed addressing for arguably the last hundred years was probably the last time it changed and it's been the model for such a long time is my arthritis then similar to I, uh, my IBD care in the way that it allows those patients to to uh, provide the clinicians with their symptoms and and uh, I suppose a set uh, redistributing that supply and demand in terms of who needs the appointments and, and patients initiating those follow-ups themselves. Is it, is it a similar approach from IBD care? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, kind of um, referrals into rheumatology departments are already quite high. Um, coronavirus and the associated kind of changes that have been made, I think, in all disciplines and in, in all therapy areas has obviously led to a significant increase in in waiting lists and so on and so forth so yes we think that the myarthritis platform is a timely way of solving some of the the bottlenecks that will inevitably arise uh, as COVID bounce back kind of manifests itself more fully um, yes and, and exactly as you say the idea is that clinicians can monitor their patients they can identify patients that have a clinical need and they can see them on a patient-initiated follow-up type of model, um, and that patients who are otherwise well um, don't have to be sort of brought into hospital for a relatively low-value appointment, or you know, don't have to have a relatively low-value virtual appointment, I suppose, in the future that we look at today. Awesome. And so for this, I mean, it's hardly an app, is it? It's, it's, a, it's a system. It's something that's going to be touched by the patients, the clinicians, the organization themselves. So who is really benefiting here and who is it that you're wanting to get in touch with, with this launch? Yeah. So I think the thing, the, the, the key stakeholders for us are the clinician and the patient. Um, that's kind of where we sit. And because we are, um, 
disease specific and focused on the detail of monitoring specific conditions. Um, we typically find that um, clinician and patient buy-in is um, relatively easy to obtain. Um, information governance is an important part of what we do. Obviously, the business is fully compliant with its obligations. Uh, the platform is CE marked. It's regulated by the AMHRA. It's been assessed by NICE, case studied by the CQC, so on and so forth. You know, we've, I suppose, belying our roots in the interactions between clinicians and patients in the, in the hospitals that we've partnered up with. You know, we've really kind of um, focused a lot on, on making sure that we meet all of the standards that are kind of um, expected and, and a good idea, generally speaking. So um, information governance is a, is a sort of second step, but because the platform is actually available to clinicians on a SaaS basis and at no charge, um, typically that's the totality of the um, sort of paperwork that needs to be done. You know, there's no need to apply for budgets. There's no need to kind of get IT's buy-in necessarily. So um, yeah, it's, it's very much a sort of easy, easy thing to do. With it being free in that case, and with it being the clinicians and the patients that obviously you're adding significant value to, with the clinician portal and, and that ability to, to change that outpatient model to asynchronous communication, it strikes me as a, a really important element that this is essentially plug and play for any clinician that's interested in changing the way that they manage their patient list, it seems that they could try this. And I think in an era where you've mentioned it, the backlog, 4.4 million patients waiting for treatment, and that was in October, that's only going to have increased. Yeah. It seems that the old way of doing things, more of the same isn't going to work. There needs to be new models of care. There needs to be a change to the way that we do this. You mentioned the word timely. I, ca I cannot agree with you more that in order for us to not only treat the people that are waiting for that treatment, but to, to prevent any further backlog, anything that we can do to streamline what is, by the way, the biggest part of secondary care outpatients that might not hit the headlines and, and that side of things, but is extremely important. It strikes me that that the fact that it's free, the fact that you can just pick up and give, pick it up and give it a go is going to be a huge value add to, to people in this space right now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's certainly what we found. Um, I think there's a combination of factors as well. You know, certainly this is, um, you know, this is as easy to um, to get involved with as anything. You know, you get a username and a password, you log into a platform, um, you see your patient's fully consented data made available to you from their free to download mobile app. So it's, it's really that simple. Um, and I think that that simplicity has actually been um, one of the reasons that we've been very lucky to get quite a bit of traction in in um, the past sort of 10 very strange months. But I think there's also a kind of broader um, piece, of course, which is that the patient populations that we focus on are typically immunocompromised in some fashion or another, and therefore we're among the first to kind of be booted into more virtual care and you know, with all the kind of attendant anxiety and organizational sort of stress that, that comes with that. 
So I think in addition to being very easy to go, it also just happens that we're, you know, um, trying to help patients and clinicians who are addressing a real life and very current problem. Yeah. And it speaks volumes, actually, you know, you've been, you've been in the space with a different, you know, slightly different space, a slightly different product, but it rolls off the tongue for you. The MRA, the, the MHRA, NICE, CQC, CE marked, all of those things will, will just be serving to put clinicians' minds at ease, knowing that not only has a similar thing been adopted widely in, in, in a, an adjacent sector, but actually the fact that it's got all this stuff from the get-go. So yeah. that adoption piece, you would hope, would be much easier for clinicians and that decision actually made much easier for clinicians based on what you've got. I think um, it's, it's exciting. Um, yeah, it is. And of course I should say, you know, that's really um, credit first and foremost to um, my clinician colleagues, you know, who observed the problem in their own departments and, you know, um, made the decision to, to try to make a difference. That's, that's really um, kind of the inception point. And yes, of course that, makes it more likely to be relevant um, to their peers, of, of course. Completely agree. By clinicians, for clinicians, arguably. Um, I love that. Sonada, how can clinicians get in touch with you if they do want a trial or indeed give this a go fully? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, it's like I said, it's, it's super simple. Um, basically, what we'll do is if you um, drop us a line and if you wouldn't mind maybe putting our email address in the show. Absolutely. Notes, we'll set up a, an online demo. Um, we'll show and tell the platform, share a little bit of our evidence and the data that we've generated so far and see whether there's a fit between, um, you know, your department and, and what we're doing. And, um, you know, it's no, no obligation. And as I said, it's a, a no cost option for the department if you if you want to take it up so um hopefully it's a it's a bit of a no-brainer perfect nada thank you for taking time out of your very busy day to uh join us on the health tech podcast i appreciate it uh really exciting really looking forward to seeing what it does and i imagine it's gonna it's gonna be helping a lot of people in the not too distant future so uh congratulations on the launch and uh i'm sure we'll catch up very soon thanks james really appreciate you having us on Hey everyone, thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.